0: The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any disease.
1: Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Nina Willen. I am a certified wound ostomy continence nurse and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today's podcast guest is Mary Mahoney. Mary is a wound ostomy continence nurse at Unity Point at Home, where she and her WOC nurse team use their expertise to consult and collaborate with field clinicians, providing care to patients in their home via telehealth. She is also adjunct faculty with the WebWalk Nursing Education Program. Mary is the past president and a board member of the Wound Ostomy Continence Nursing Certification Board. She has presented at national conferences and has authored several articles for the Journal of Wound Ostomy Continence Nursing. Today, we are going to be talking about the history and evolution of WOC nursing and related products. Mary, thank you for talking with me today about this. Thank you, Nina. I'm glad to be here. So let's start with um, describing the history of WOC nursing.
0: Well, that could be about an hour lecture in and of itself, (laughs) and I know it has been at conference, but just in short, around the year of 1958, Norma Gill was a patient with an ostomy, and she became the first enterostomal therapist. So someone who dedicated their work to helping the quality of life of people who had ostomy surgery. That sort of grew, and they started a school to teach other people to be an enterostomal therapist, and the only qualification was that they had to be an ostomate. They had to have an ostomy. And as this profession grew, it started uh, to form into formal groups And around 1976, you needed to be an RN to be an enterostomal therapist. The profession continued to grow, and they started a certification for the nurses to be an ostomy nurse. And in 1992, our organization, uh, that was a society at the time of enterostomal therapists, our organization changed the name to Wound Ostomy Continence Nursing Society, so WOCN. Those are just some of the highlights of the history. We formed from a very grassroots level of a person who had an ostomy, now has blossomed into a full-blown triscope specialty of nursing and WOC nursing. So interesting. What are
1: some of the significant changes you have seen during your time as a WOC nurse?
0: I've been a WOC nurse since 1993, and I would say primarily the significant changes have been the introduction of products into our toolboxes that we can use for all the specialties, wound ostomy and continence. Um, the number of products that we need to know about are huge. So you mentioned that this started in
1: ostomy, but so how did we end up with the wound and the continents folded in there?
0: That's a great question, actually. <laughs> uh, as an ostomy nurse, we would be working with patients and realize that around the stoma, the patient would have wounds. And... Uh, we needed to provide some sort of care. So it kind of evolved into providing wound care as well as ostomy care. And uh, as the profession grew, people have wounds in other places on their body. And We needed to take care of those wounds as well. So we started to um, provide more evidence-based practice regarding wound care on legs and wound care on the abdomen and wound care in other areas. We also had to deal with patients who had continence issues. Patients had wounds on their buttocks area because of incontinence, and that led into that specialty area. And I would say now our newest kind of specialty area is the foot care area. We work with patients who have leg issues, whether it's edema or the wounds on their lower extremities. We have patients who are diabetic and have diabetic foot ulcers. This has led to a newer specialty area of foot care. How do you see the WOC
1: nursing role continuing to evolve?
0: Well... In, in each of these areas, wound, ostomy, continence, and foot care, I think will evolve by doing research and building the evidence for the best practice and bringing about the best patient outcomes we can. I see an increase in advanced practice WOC nurses, because adva- as an advanced practice nurse, you can bill for your services, and of course, that is beneficial to your healthcare institution. You can be a provider, but we also need those hands-on experts. So we'll need all levels of care, but I would see that there would be an increase in advanced practice nurses. Very interesting. How about the evolution of our professional society, the
1: WOCN? You mentioned that in the in the beginning.
0: Yes, it is the Wound Ostomy Continence Nursing Society, the WOCN the nurses that are part of the WOCN society are WOC nurses. Uh, I think that's um, pretty important to point out that clarification because even my own boss calls me a WOCN. And I, I have to remind her, I'm not a society. I am a WOC nurse. Uh, so just to clarify that with the general public and your your nurses who you work with. Um, but the Professional society has been extremely important in providing avenues for research and the building the evidence and writing evidence-based practice manuals and documents, and we also have a highly regarded peer-reviewed journal, the JWOCN, Journal of Wound Ostomy Continence Nursing, that helps bring about our professional society and our professional nursing to a higher level. Now
1: let's move on to the history of products in WOC nursing. You had mentioned this a little bit earlier. Uh, let's start with the Continence products.
0: Well, continents is an interesting place to start. Just in recent years have we put more emphasis on the continents role and uh, that the role of the WOC nurse does include continents in many areas of practice. And I think the place where we've started to learn more is just in the assessment and the knowledge. So even before we get to products, we're becoming better at figuring out why is this person incontinent? What type of incontinence problems do they have? Why are they incontinent? And then we move into treatment. It's just not putting a product on someone. So there's other ways to treat and facilitate a patient to be at least more continent in a daily situation. But when we do get to products, it's become a wide array of products to choose from, whether it's a different shape, whether it's a different size, the absorption, men and women absorb uh, in different areas due to their anatomy. Uh, We have a whole new way of looking at these products. It's called body-worn absorptive products. And the WOCN Society has created a tool to help people, nurses, choose the right product for the patient situation. So in summary, yes, we have a lot more products, but I think we're trying to work more at the angle of knowing actually what's going on and helping patients Uh, learn the exercises and different treatment before they have to, you know, rely on products all the time. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's
1: a general understanding out there, or like a misunderstanding, I should say, that the older you get, like incontinence is just part of aging, and that's not the case. And so I think seeing that evolution of, you know, catching things and diagnosing and maybe
0: preventing it
1: is huge.
0: Yes, Absolutely. It's not a normal part of aging, (laughs) necessarily. How about uh, in the wound care realm, those products? I would say with wound care, we have seen an explosion of products since I've (laughs) been a WOC nurse. And when I first started out as a WOC nurse 26 years ago, I would categorize our wound care products as passive. Uh, We found a wound. We would uh, choose between... Uh, Which hydrocolloid should we put on this patient? Should we use an ointment? There just really wasn't much to choose from. We started to get into alginates for instance and and that helped a little bit. Oh, now we had an alginate covered by hydrocolloid, that's big. Uh, So we had very passive dressings. Over the years we've uh, moved into more active dressings. And those things I would consider like the collagen that actively works with the wound. Um, negative pressure wound therapy has been a huge evolution of care. I loved working with uh, with those products early on. Uh, but I, I, I have to say, I, when the sales rep came in to show us the negative pressure for the first time and showed us the foam that would go in the patient's wound, I, I think I laughed out loud. I'm like, seriously, that is not going to go in this patient's wound. But Uh, It has been very beneficial for patient care. Skin grafts are an active dressing that can be used. So there's a lot of dressings now. There's just such a large toolbox. Oh, one I forgot to mention is more passive, but foams have come into uh, play a lot more, Uh, the silicone foams. So we have just so many to choose from, and we have to know our patient situation As well as, you know, we can't just go to a product shelf and pull a product off the shelf and use it. We have to know the patient's insurance and will it be covered and is there a caregiver there that can learn the care. So there's a lot more that goes into choosing the wound care products these days. And then lastly, how about our uh, ostomy products and that evolution? Right. Ostomy products have evolved tremendously as well in, in a very, very fine way. I, I remember the early days. Uh, we just had the cariah seal and uh, pouch, and had some of the hydrocolloid type pectin-based wafers to use. Uh, we had little convex rings we could insert to try to create some convexity. But <laughs> in the early days, we would cut out wafer material to try to use to fill in gaps and creases. And now we have this whole evolution of barrier rings and the barrier rings are have different formulations. So you might have a softer barrier ring that fills in gaps really, really well and will work for one patient. Uh, whereas another patient might need a stiffer ring um, so that it can hold up better to the effluent. So we have a, a wide array of barrier rings to use and can build our own convexity, as well as the companies figured out that integrating the convexity into the flange has been uh, hugely beneficial for patients because they don't have to mess with creating their their, uh, ostomy uh, system each time they apply it. So having that convexity integrated makes it more simple for the patient to do their care and quite honestly, creates a better seal. We've had the invention of flexible convexity. And now we have a convexity that fits rounded abdomens. So we just continue that research and development to create a better quality of life for our patients with ostomies. And you also mentioned, we were talking before the podcast about um, the different
1: closures and like the clamp closure versus an integrated closure. Exactly. Talk a little bit about how that's evolved too and the benefits to the Patients with that?
0: Yes, patients who have uh, drain feces or a thicker output will use a wider outlet on their pouch. And in the past, we had clamps, and the clamp is kind of like a barrette. And it um, is only as good as the user. And sometimes people had difficulty uh, opening and closing the clamp correctly. They had to be careful not to drop it in the toilet. They had to set it somewhere where they could reach it again. And it's kind of a firm piece. So it could get caught in their groin area and, you know, just not be comfortable. So, again, through research and design and focus groups with patients the uh, companies have design integrated closures so the closure is right on the pouch it's kind of a hook and loop closure and just involves rolling up the end of the pouch and closing it up it's much softer they don't have to worry about dropping it in the toilet it's more reliable and uh, just it has been a significant change in ostomy care What is your vision for the continued evolution of all of these products? I think that um, the products out, there's products out there we haven't thought of yet. (laughs) Uh, And I uh, appreciate the companies who use patients as their feedback, as their focus group. Nurses bring an angle uh, to the table, but it's the patient's day-to-day care that I think will bring the most um, poignant, whether you call it research or ideas, innovation to the table. I always loved my um, engineer patients because mm-hmm. they'd
1: come to me and they'd say, okay, well, I built this thing yeah. or my ostomy pouch or this or that. And I, what do you think? And that's I mean, that's where a lot of that evolution comes from and that invention.
0: I think some of the, well, I know that the companies, a lot of the early companies were started by patients or their families to try to create something better for a better quality of life. And I think that will continue. Mm -hmm.
1: So we've talked about product. Let's go back to the WOC Nursing Specialty for a minute. What do you see in its
0: future? Well, again, I think there's things on the cutting edge that uh, are just being worked on. So I think the future of WC practice will involve these advanced practice providers, the hands-on nursing, doing the care uh, at the patient level. But I think there are products out there that we will see come into play. For instance, um, a scan to diagnose the wound. There's the ability out there for cameras to take a picture of the wound, tell you the size and dimension. I think uh, in the future there might be a scan out there that will say, here's what's going on, here's the MMP level, here's what you need to use. So it not only will assess the size of the wound, it'll help guide you in what product you should use. So I think um, I could see that in the, in the future of WOC nursing and, and wound care. So in closing,
1: what would you say that this means, all of this that we've talked about, this history and evolution, what does it mean for the WOC nurse, new or long-time practicing WOC
0: nurse? Well, just to kind of pull in, uh, at the very beginning we talked about the history of WOC nursing and I think we really need to honor that history. We came from a very grassroots level And to remember the past, Uh, but we really need to be ready to step into the future as a professional career and embrace all of the aspects and uh, embrace the the knowledge and the evidence and to use that to the highest level we can as we move forward. Uh, Part of that will be, hopefully, an uh, electronic health record that uh, we can use to our advantage as well. My hope for the future, and I don't think I'll see it while I'm still practicing, but uh, right now our electronic health record to me is just a group of forms that we've put into a computer. I want the computer to work to our advantage and to help us manage the massive amounts of documentation that we need to do as nurses and to meet those regulatory requirements but allow more time at the bedside with the patients. I
1: love that. Yes. I, I think that this is a, an amazing specialty to be a part of.
0: and open. It is. Yeah. It is. We're very passionate about it, but we need to stay on that cutting edge. Absolutely.
1: Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us slash professional.